0: I can't believe we're stuck here listening to them. My head is going to explode. It's the Bob and Sherry Show with Bob. For the time being, it's an easy job. And Sherry. She's a gem, that one. I hope you appreciate her. And now broadcasting from the palatial Bob and Sherry Studios, it's Bob and Sherry. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's your
1: best friends, Bob and Sherry. (laughs) You know, when you live at the beach, you have people who come and visit. Uh, they'd like to come to see you, but they also want to go to the beach and they know that they have a free room for the most part. And, and that's fine. It's just part of it. You're going to get more visitors than say somebody who might live in Oklahoma city. I'm sure Oklahoma city is a wonderful place, but there's something about the draw of the salt water that will bring people more likely. And I was uh, in the kitchen and Mary was in the other room. Uh, what was it? Sunday, and one of her new girlfriends came over and she said, I am not looking forward to next week. And Mary said, why? And she said, her, I'm not going to say her husband's name, but her husband's brother and his wife were coming for a solid week of visit. And she likes the brother. She cannot stand his wife.
2: Bob, a week is a long time. A
1: long time. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I looked and, and saw her face and it was, it was gray. <laughs> she has this relationship evidently that have you ever had a relationship with someone where you're f- coolly polite. That's the best you've got. You're coolly polite. Oh, how was the, tr- how was the, uh, drive here? Was, uh, was it okay? Was the traffic okay? Good. I'm really glad we we've got some snacks for you and I got uh, Bill's favorite beer. Yeah. You know, or if it goes over the line, it's like, Oh, you made it. Could you go out in the backyard and set fire to your face? Cause I just don't want to smell the uh, flames in the house. You know, it's, it's teetering on just absolute dislike. And she went on oh, to say, week. I just, I've got to get my head in a space where I can tolerate this woman and not, you know, anger her husband and certainly my husband. He knows the deal and he just says to me, can you just tolerate it for a few days and then she'll be gone and they they won't come back for the next two years. But what a place to be that for one week you have got to deal with this person who for you is a monster.
2: You know what really gets me is the person feels the same way about you. Right. Yet they're gonna come stay at your house for a week. Right. I couldn't. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't 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 stay
2: at your house. No. I could not come. A week is an eternity. Why not just stay forever, as far as I'm concerned? Like a week? Oh my God.
1: You know, I think the person who is just visiting who doesn't like her anyway, I think it's almost amusement. You know, we're going to show up. It's nothing is on me. It's not my house. She's going to have to jump through the hoops with wh- whatever restaurant we're going to. If we go out, she's going to do the heavy lifting on the cooking. I'm just going to sit around and just, uh, you know, do whatever I care. Take a nap whenever I care. It's not on me. I'm not the hostess. I think that I think this woman who's coming, cause she's, I, Oh, I overheard. They do this every couple of years. Um, I think it's amusement for that person.
2: I I would not go to someone's house that I had that kind of relationship with for a week. And I will not have that coming to my house. I'm, <clears throat> I'm past that point in my life. Like, that is not happening. I am not having that in my life.
1: The brother has had some issues with health. And so <laughs> you can't say, you know, I really wish your brother who's kind of... Uh, been sick for the last couple of years. I wish he just wouldn't come to see you. You can't, No, do that. I want
2: my brother to come. I want the, I'm lucky but that she's, I don't have she's not, that relationship. You can't,
1: you can't say, you can't say to the brother, I, I want you to come, but uh, could you leave, uh, you know, Helen home?
2: I can't imagine that his, that the wife want, like I would, if I was that, like, let's say that this was me in this situation. I would be like, Kev, I want you to go visit your sister but it's so miserably awkward and uncomfortable. How about if you go and I'll meet you there for the last couple of days?
1: You can only would, do that so many times.
2: I would come up with some some story. I You know what? I know that this happens to people every if this is happening to people right now as we speak. Right. This happens every minute of every day. Right. I just don't I just don't want this because I'm like you. I am going to turn into tap dancing Mr. Bojangles to keep yeah. everybody happy. It and it's is going exhausting. to be the longest, most tiring week of, of, of the year. Oh God, yeah. just the thought of it makes me break into a sweat.
1: So she was, she was just, she was poised for a week of misery.
2: That's no way to
1: live. Why do we let ourselves get into these situations? The Family. thing is, you, there's only so many lies you can tell. Oh, uh, you know, the wife couldn't come to, uh, Wherever they live, Oklahoma City, because uh, she's got a conference. You can only do that so long, and then sooner or later, you got to bite the bullet and they're coming to your ass for yeah.
2: Family, this is fam- yeah. this is a pro- this it, is it family. Is. This is what happens. It is, yeah. A yeah. week though, a
1: week. <laughs> it's a long.
2: Time. Even Carnival has three <laughs> day cruises because Carnival's like even a cruise gets old. Some <laughs> yeah, of y'all. Right. Some of y'all can't be that's on exactly. vacation for more than three days. A week. Yeah, well, yeah. thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, that's
1: right. All right. More odds in the news is coming up. It's right around the corner and more. You got it. Bob and Sherry
3: bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. There was a
1: really good article recently in The New York Times, and the headline was, should the United States consider banning TikTok? And there's a couple of ways Of looking at this. Now, if you don't realize it, most people do. TikTok is owned by the Chinese. And the information that can be gleaned if you're an American citizen and you're on TikTok is evidently pretty substantial. So they're not trying to get stuff out of the Pentagon because you're probably not encouraged in the Pentagon to use TikTok during work hours. But citizens of America can be. Invaded in many different ways with TikTok, and it's not just TikTok; it's other platforms too. And I'm including the usual characters, Facebook, etc. So the person who wrote the article in the Times said, "This is a really slippery slope," because on the one hand, in China, they uh, only allow so much TikTok usage by their own people they don't allow the american version of facebook they don't allow the american version of instagram they don't allow the new york times online or in any other way so they're they're shut down they know we don't want you knowing much about us but if we go that way as a country if washington says tiktok is banned and there are some uh, congressmen now that are trying to uh, ram that through if we do that the world says they're no better in America than the Chinese. They're not as open a country as, as we think they are. What do this you think? Is
2: what's, this is what makes TikTok so brilliantly diabolical. It is truly like a global Bond villain move because TikTok was designed to be a data harvesting tool. And it's so addictive and pleasurable that you give it your data willingly. When it first when it first broke, I told my daughters I'm like, I know y'all love TikTok and I know that I'm about to sound like get off my lawn, but it's a giant data collecting app. It is. That is a that is fully and totally owned by the the Chinese government. And they were like, okay. But did you see this dance? <laughs> like, they just didn't even care. I know. All. I, I, I'm
1: not on it, but uh, I, I do have an Instagram rep- uh, and fl- Facebook. I'm on Facebook. I, I despise Facebook because of what we do. I'm on it. And once in a while, if there's a commercial on TV, I will go on Facebook and I'll start flipping it. And I'm going, wow, that girl in the, uh, in the sarong and the bikini top, look at her dance on that stage. People are going crazy. And it's almost impossible not to not to watch it. And then you flip up. Oh wow, that's that's a uh, a little bit of Paul McCartney's concert in Montreal. I heard that. All of a sudden, thirty minutes has gone by. If they banned TikTok, I would see a lot more of my wife, and that's good. Uh, that that is a good thing. On the flip of that, I would see a lot more of my wife. And that means I would have to be a more entertaining husband. So yeah. on the one hand, it takes it takes some of the lift off for me of not always being entertaining. But on the, on the other side, you know, frankly, I would like to see her more. And she spends a lot of time, you know, she has a very high-pressure job just laughing at stuff on TikTok. I don't know how I feel about it, but it does worry me that the Chinese government, and that is not a friendly government to us, can be harvesting all this stuff about us. But then again, you step back and you go, how do they know that I just walked out of a store on Michigan Avenue, you know, an untucked store, and it just pops up on my phone? I wonder how they know it- that.
2: Let me, let me make people feel better about the Chinese government harvesting your data because they are, that's what TikTok is. It's a data tool, but you can look at any of the social platforms and you can look at the data that's collected and you can know so much. I read an article last week in my newsfeed about how, um, they, they gathered a bunch of data from Twitter and they were able to pinpoint the places people go that make them the angriest. Based on the angry tweets, (laughs) right?
1: Like, like, Give me an example of that. I think that's hysterical.
2: Well, they looked at like San Francisco, (laughs) London, and New York, right? So they looked at three Uh big cities with heavy Twitter use, and they were able to tell you, and some of this is common sense, they were able to tell you like, hey, folks who were celebrating New Year's Eve in Times Square, all of their tweets were happy and positive. These folks, on the other hand, at um, like City Hall or this subway stop where the trains were jammed up or this person who's at a political rally, they were furious, right? They were able to show you the place, the time of day. Like people, you know, the Snickers thing, you're not yourself when you're hungry. There seems to Mm -hmm. be like a mid-afternoon sugar crash where everybody Mm -hmm. just gets on social media and is like, I'm so cranky, right? (laughs) So they're able to look – like go ahead and have a candy bar. They're able to look at all of that. Well, they yeah. the minute the minute you take that first smartphone out of the box and activate it, you're being tracked. You got to know that. Yeah,
1: yeah, you do have so, to know that. It's it's maddening if, though.
2: If you're just looking at puppies and kittens and dancing on TikTok, I don't know. Life is short and hard. I'm not. I, I, you I said this apps.
1: before though. TikTok is the ultimate American creation. How did we miss it? How, it, we're so good at movies and TV shows and stand-up comedy and radio. I mean, that's what we're all about. We invented Facebook, all of these. Because we, we missed TikTok, it. the ultimate we missed it. short attention span entertainment source.
2: We missed it because we lead with the idea of entertainment. But the Chinese government added entertainment as an afterthought once they built their data harvesting app. You mm-hmm. see the difference? That's how we mm-hmm. missed it. Mm -hmm. Straight ahead, it's Morons in the News. Now, you got to know that if you get real, real liquored up and take off your top and vandalize a cathedral, that you are going to have some detention time in the afterlife.
4: Oh, yeah. yeah. Morons in the News
2: is next. It's Bob and Sherry. Morons in the News is brought to you by Febreze Car. Breathe happy. Febreze Car.
3: It's Bob and Sherry. Get these morons off the air with Morons in the News. You can tell
1: the seasons on the Bob and Sherry Show by morons in the news. I'll give you an example. Somewhere, I don't know, around the middle of May, generally in the South, you will hear a story like, the headline is, bare-chested drunken man throws chair at Waffle House Cook. As soon as you hear bare-chested, you know, oh, it's almost summer. It's almost summer. Now, this time of the year, it's a little bit different. Here is the headline. Footprints in the snow lead police to burglary suspect. I take you to Burrell Township, Pennsylvania. Police said they were told somebody was trying to steal copper wiring from a building, and when somebody pointed it out, he ran off. Troopers tracked footprints in the snow to nearby railroad tracks and into a wooded area where they located and arrested gauge Evan Eaglehouse who is 27 years old. Mr. Eaglehouse is facing multiple charges including burglary and criminal trespass. That's right, he stole copper and bear- and ran into the woods. Ran into the woods hiding. And all they did was track his footprints in the snow. In the but snow. wait. But wait, there's more. Fresh tracks in the snow in Madison, Wisconsin helped lead Madison police to a man who they say broke into a Southside home. In an incident report, the sergeant said officers were called to the home for a report of a burglary in progress. The victim reported waking up to find the suspect inside their home. The suspect, who police later identified as a 29-year-old man, ran from the home when the victim woke up. Officers followed tracks from the home in the snow and found the man walking barefoot in the snow in nearby woods rather than on the sidewalk or the street. Police said the man was wearing clothing that matched to the description of a man who broke into the house. He was charged with damage to property and he had some drugs on him, of course. That's two in one day. Cops tracking you. With snow prints. And why this guy right. was barefoot in the woods, I don't know.
2: I'm telling you, if we still had Saturday morning cartoons with Daffy Duck, we'd have fewer of these kind of crimes. We learned you a lot. Right. Yeah, we learned we a lot from Yosemite yeah. Sam and Daffy Duck. And one That's of the right. things we learned was footprints in the snow. In let's the snow. go to today's let's go to today's moron of the day. This is a crushing disappointment, Fargo, North Dakota. We expect better. Then a woman getting all kinds of liquored up and high and going to St. Mary's Cathedral, taking off her shirt and bra and her shoes. It's awfully cold this time of the year in Fargo, don't you know? Taking off her shirt, bra and shoes, ripping a statue of Jesus off the wall, <gasps> tipping over potted plants, oh. just vandalizing the unholy out of St. Oh. Mary's Cathedral. Good um, Lord! She tried to run when police came her name is Brittany Reynolds she tried to run when police came and they got her uh, she was unable to answer basic questions and police said she was under the influence of something she did almost twelve thousand dollars in damage oh my to word. The cathedral wow. and if, if only Marge Gunderson of the movie Fargo was here <laughs> to speak to Brittany
1: <laughs> don't, don't you, you know? know it's There's the more to House life of the than Lord. that. Yeah, right. Yeah. Of all places, you know, I could see if you wanted to go crazy. Okay, you just you're so drunk, you want to go crazy, you want to go topless and take your shoes off. I mean, go to the pool hall, go to the local bar. For crying out loud, I hate it, but go to the Walmart, not St. Mary's.
2: I'm looking at my girl's mugshot, and Mm. she has some really powerful um, neck and chest tattoos. Uh So you'll see this when you see the mugshot. We're going to post it up on Facebook. I'm not sure what's going on, like, on her, like, chest, but she has tattoos on either side of her neck that look like a jagged incision with crude stitches like Frankenstein.
1: Like Frankenstein, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I, I don't understand. Like, I'm trying to get inside her head. We've all gone to the beach with our girlfriends and done something foolish, but what were you served that you went? I'll tell you what tattoo I want. I don't want to look like <laughs> crazy. Yeah, it makes I don't wilder. even know what. I don't even know what to say. She's got such pretty hair you know so i mean there's a lot going on here girl you need to sober up and get out of the cathedral you have done a ton of damage to a house of worship that is morons in the news coming up we have comedian mike hickman and in honor of love month how your pet tells you i love you and some of it you may be like oh yeah i think i heard that before but some of it is so Like it's going to just get you in the feels. You're going to look at your little critter differently today. I promise. It's Bob and Sherry.
0: Bob and Sherry want to whisk you and your bestie off for a Florida getaway. It could be a friend from grade school, high school, or even a sibling or mom or dad. You and your bestie could stay three nights at the Don Cesar, a luxury hotel located in St. Pete Beach, known as the legendary Pink Palace. This beachfront resort is situated on the sugary white sands of the Gulf of Mexico and offers ocean views from every room. The prize also includes admission to Clearwater Marine Aquarium, Florida's Marine Life Rescue Center, admission to the Dolly Museum to explore an unparalleled collection of art and digital experiences, and a -a one-of-a-kind upscale dining experience aboard Yacht Starship Cruises, America's first three diamond-rated dining yacht, plus round-trip flights and a rental car. To enter, just go to BobandSherry.com, hit the contest tab, and submit a picture of you and your bestie. Because right now, Florida is exactly where you need to be. Get away to Florida from Visit Florida and Bob and Sherry.
3: Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at
2: BobandSherry.com. Guys, tell me what you think about this. I was reading some posts online about paying it forward. You know when you go to like a Starbucks or a Dunkin' and you buy the drink of the car behind you? And then Mm -hmm. they pull up and they're like, oh, let me buy the drink of the car behind me. And it's like this heartwarming chain of, you know, people being kind to each other. Well, um, some Starbucks employees said, dear customers, please stop. Um, drive throughs have an organized system. When you pay it forward, the order of things is disrupted. It's really easy to make mistakes. Also, if you want to be generous, leave a tip. Customers are doing fine if they can afford overpriced coffee. The workers, (laughs) not so much. I agree. And and you know, when you think about it that way, you're like, yeah, wait a minute. I mean, I see both sides. Like, I've, I've been part of those. I've pulled into a Starbucks and it was a pay it forward line. And mm-hmm. Karamia got all excited. Oh, we're in one of those pay it forward lines, mom. And so we did. And it was really kind of neat. I think I talked about it on the show. But you never think about it from this perspective. And one of these baristas said, when you're doing a pay it forward, you're making work for us. And there's a lot more possibility that we're going to screw up. And then you don't tip.
1: Yeah. No, I agree with them. Here's why. If I pull up and let's say my order, there's Mary and me and the order, well, it's Starbucks. So the order is $11. And I say, I want to pay it forward for these people behind. And I leave $11. But actually what they're buying, they're buying some lunch too. And it's going to be $16. $16. So now the barista has got to figure out, okay, I got 11 toward it already. What's the difference between 11 and 16? And I'm, I've got to tell them that this went on, so I only need so You know, there's an awful lot going on. The, the only time I've ever done that is there was a woman who didn't have enough money checking out of a uh, grocery store, and I, and I covered the, diff, the difference. That's simple. You know, you go over and you say, hey, I've got five bucks, and you throw that down. But I, I think it is a lot more work for them and you're right. That's what give they them say. A, give them a good tip. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, please, please don't,
2: don't do this to us. Please. Right, right. All right, coming up, we got comedian Mike Hickman. How your pet says I love you, the Bob and Sherry box office. And we're gonna get to Mars a lot quicker than we thought. It's Bob and Sherry. Everyone needs a laugh is brought to you by HelloFresh. Use code Bob and Sherry22 at HelloFresh.com slash Bob and Sherry22.
3: Leave us a talk back. talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. It's
2: time now for Everyone Needs a Laugh. Here is comedian Mike Hickman.
3: I've been married for
5: 16 years in a row, and I've learned a lot because marriage is a great school to go to. It really is. Uh, I've learned that husbands and wives really do need each other. We do. God puts something in each of us that benefits the other person. I think that's by design. I need her to uh, find my stuff. <laughs> I'm serious, I can't find anything except maybe the toilet and and a jar of peanut butter. Smooth, not chunky. Smooth, not chunky. And she needs me, quite honestly, to uh, continue to lose stuff so that she can exercise the gifts that God has given her in finding my stuff, then finding the new, more obvious place to put it that I still will actually never see. (laughs) I've learned that wives have superpowers, by the way. My wife has super hearing, She can hear things that I can't possibly detect. We used to live on 10 acres of land uh, outside of Austin, and she turns to me as we're sitting on the front porch and says that she can hear our daughter crying from the other side of the property. So that worries me because uh, we don't have a daughter, so.
3: (laughs) So that's special. (laughs)
5: I'm kidding, we do. We have an amazing, beautiful, talented daughter uh, other than one other girl. And, and, uh, and she does pretty well, too. She does pretty well, too, if you just press a reset button every now and then. Or some people have tried to tell us, hey, that's her soft spot. You know, so... Uh, I'm kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. We, we have one daughter, but I'm going to let you guys decide which one you think we have. <laughs> Something else I've learned uh, from being married, I've learned that women focus much better than men do. It's a gift that God has given you, and God bless you for that. Uh, I get in trouble because I can't focus. Little things, like going to Walmart. I I get in trouble. One time we went there, and my wife says, I'm going to look at clothes. I'm like, baby, I don't really want to look at clothes. I want to go look at manly stuff, all right? All right, more manly stuff. She goes, fine, go look at your man stuff. (laughs) Meet me back here in about 15 minutes. So I'm over at the face lotion and hand cream testers. (laughs) about 15 minutes pass. Now remember, I'm a prankster, right? So she doesn't see me coming up behind her. And I put my arm around her like this, and I say, I love you. Now the first thing I noticed was, the height wasn't quite right. The next thing I noticed was, the smell wasn't quite right either. And I looked, not my wife. I looked again, not even sure it was female. Yeah. Yeah, don't go into Walmart after 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) Mainly because I'm in there. (laughs) At least the ones they'll still let me go into. (laughs) Now sometimes we guys, it looks like we can't focus, because ladies, you will ask us to do some things that we're really not equipped for. And ladies, I want you to know we love you and we will try to please you. We will do anything for you because you're special to us. But please, never ask us to go through the drive through at a fast food restaurant when the whole family is in the car.
4: <laughs> we can't
5: keep up with that list! It's like asking a baby to change its own diaper. It's confusing, it's messy, and it's not going to come out right. <laughs> we pull to the drive-through. I'm driving. Here's my wife in the passenger seat. Okay. Here's what I want. I want the chicken sandwich, but I don't want the crispy chicken sandwich. So make sure they substitute the grilled chicken sandwich instead. And normally it comes on a white bun. If you could have them substitute a wheat bun, that would be great. And normally it comes with mayonnaise. If you could have them substitute honey mustard, that'd be great. I don't want any pickles, but if you want my pickles, just leave the pickles on. We'll pick them off, and that'll be great. I heard their coleslaw is really good, so if we could substitute coleslaw for the fries, that would be wonderful. And I'd like a large sweet tea, but their tea is a little too sweet. So if they could fill it halfway full of sweet tea then halfway full of unsweet tea, it'll all equal out. Now Sarah's gonna want the chicken strip basket, but make sure she gets the adult chicken strip basket because it comes with six and she can get two meals out of it. Make sure she gets a batch of fries that has half salt and make sure that she gets a water with absolutely no ice. So then just order whatever it is that you want.
4: <sighs> Are you serious?
5: It's an old car. <laughs> yeah, I or a less awkward situation, please? <laughs> and could you supersize me some self-esteem? <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. And now I know why when I was a kid and I'm in the back seat, we would pull up as a family to the drive through My dad would roll down the window, fold his arms, <laughs> lean back in the seat, and my mom would yell the order from the passenger side of the car. Yes! <laughs> Next time my wife asks me to go through the drive-thru, I'm gonna back the car into the drive-thru. <laughs> Put her right by the window. There you go. <laughs> order whatever you want. <laughs> and order what I want, because you know that I have absolutely no idea what I want. That saved that oh. whole bit for him. Mike Hickman.
1: That's- I think, I think that bit about ordering the hamburger at the drive-thru, that saved that whole bit.
2: I agree. I mean, who hasn't lived that nightmare? This is why we don't ever get fast food, because that's me going. Okay, but I need extra pickles, but no mayonnaise. And and my drink. Oh my god, it's crazy. We're gonna get that posted up at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. It's Bob
3: and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. Talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app.
2: Oh,
1: I know money's a little tight. It's the beginning of the year. How would you like us to fill the fridge? What is that? It's a $112 gift card from HelloFresh. Their food is so fantastic. You're going to love that $112 gift card from HelloFresh plus a $100 gift card. We'll give you that. It's from Visa, a Visa gift card for $100. How do you win it? It's very easy. Just go to BobandSherry.com and good luck. Hope you win. Sherry?
2: You guys, my book club picked Prince Harry's memoir for this month's book. And so um, I was about to order the book and then... I remembered reading a review somewhere that said, you should listen to this book because Prince Harry narrates it and his voice is really pleasant to listen to. So I changed plans and I I ordered it on Audible. I downloaded it and I'm listening to Spare. And I have so many thoughts and feelings about this book and about the things I'm hearing. And I have to agree, Prince Harry um, is a great audiobook narrator he he does he has a beautiful very um, pleasant voice to listen to he's also and I know before anybody says anything I know that he had editors and help and ghostwriters and all it's a really beautifully written book Mm
6: -hmm. and
2: here is one of here's one of my many um takeaways there were a lot of moments I've been listening to it pretty intensely like I spent I spent more time over the weekend with Prince Harry than I did my husband like I've been really like in it. Right. So here's my first take. Um, and, and again, because, you know, we live in a time where all of the trolls come out from under the bridge and shake their bloody bony fists at the sky. I know he's a prince and I know he has lived a life of extraordinary privilege. I know that he never had a home as a child ever. He floated from Ludgrove boarding school to Eton boarding school Sometimes he was at Bal- Balmoral in Scotland. Sometimes he was at Clarence House with his father. Sometimes he would stay at um, a different palace. Sometimes his father would pack him off to family friends in South Africa. He did not. Prince Harry had homes, but Prince Harry had no home. And You know, it's so true. About,
1: when you hear about especially the British royals, they're always going to one of their castles somewhere, aren't they? For holidays, and I know, for, that, that for that the beginning lovely. of spring, whatever.
2: That sounds lovely. To my adult ears, that sounds like heaven. But I'm a yeah. mom and I have two children, My two, well, all of my kids, but my two biological daughters were born homebodies. Home was such an important place and idea and feeling for them. There would mm-hmm. be times when I would take them like to visit somebody and we'd be having a blast and one of them will come to me and go. Can we go home now? I want to go home. Kids, kids love. It's easy for adults, especially angry, cynical, trolling adults that make sport of um, kicking other people in the in the cojones, to forget how important home is when you're a kid. Prince Harry and ditto for William. They didn't have a home. He describes life at Ludgrove Academy, the boarding school that they go to, like at age six. Um, there was a giant bathroom. And it was lined with tubs and each little boy would get into the tub and a matron, female staffers, would scrub these little boys and check them for lice. And and that was as close, Harry speaks in glowing terms of these various women that took care of he and his classmates at Ludgrove. That was what they got instead of a hug from a parent and a tuck in at night. Their physical affection came primarily from these matrons scrubbing them and picking them for lice. Um, Prince Charles, although he's clearly utterly devoted to his sons and he, he calls, he only refers to Harry as darling boy and he is clearly a loving and concerned and committed and decent human being, but there was no affection. There was not a hug. There was nothing. So again, I know he's a prince and blah, blah, blah. But are you a human being? Are you the were you once a child? Are you the parent of human beings? Do you understand how human beings crave and need certain things?
1: It's an that, awfully young it's an awfully we're young not age. forthcoming
2: there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. To send them off to uh, boarding school six. I didn't realize that. I, I've had a couple of friends in my life who have, uh, sent their children to boarding school, but it was generally during, uh, middle school. I remember one of them because I was, I was, I was at a party and I was saying, so I understand that, uh, James is, uh, is off to uh, boarding school and I forget where the, where it is. It's usually somewhere in Connecticut or Massachusetts, somewhere like upstate New York. And he goes, Oh yes, yes. Well, he, he must go. These years are just miserable to be around. Um, And he's talking about middle school years. And he's right. Uh, Middle schoolers are miserable. And I didn't say anything like,
0: how can you do that? I just, I don't think I could do that.
1: I just shut up and let him uh, have his way. But uh, he was following uh, very much a British tradition that was uh, carried over to the United States, particularly in the Northeast.
2: And, And what do I know, right? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a dirty orphan. My daddy was a meth cook. Like, what do I know about how the finer people live? I'm just telling you that from a human developmental standpoint, that ain't yeah. right. No, ain't right. Um, I'll tell you I'm,
1: this, all those bathtubs lined up. That, that to me is really,
2: <laughs> the book, I guess they,
1: they had to do it, but it's a chilling sort of image to me.
2: The book takes you inside a world that I, I know I was completely unfamiliar with. And I'm only halfway through it, but um, so far, yeah, he's had some things to say. I think what you're reading in the press about how Prince Harry took a crap on his family then wiped himself with them, I don't know that that's 100% accurate. Let me get through mm-hmm. the other half of the book. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's just a super interesting look into a world like none of us have ever imagined that's living right. in. All right, coming up, we got the Bob and Sherry box office. We have another round of things Bob
3: didn't know. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. Well, over the
1: weekend, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, which has been a vacation destination for Americans from all over the country for many years, was in the national spotlight because of that Chinese balloon that was shot right off the coast Of Myrtle Beach. And I want to bring on a man who saw the whole thing right now, Travis Huffstetler. Travis, are you there?
6: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: How are you today? Thank you for joining us.
6: I'm doing good. I'm doing good.
2: How did you find yourself at the very center of one of the craziest stories of any of our lifetime down there in Myrtle Beach?
6: (laughs) I was actually, I went and uh, did some photos for a polar plunge yesterday down in Litchfield Beach. And um, as I was coming back, I have a pretty decent following of uh, people from all over the country because I do landscape and nature photos. I do a lot of sunrises out here on the beach. Um, and I usually share like live video from the beach every morning. So usually I catch like whenever they do the SpaceX launches, I've caught foxes on the beach. You know, I've caught the and Michelle whenever she washed ashore. Um, but all of a sudden, like I'd heard about the balloon you know, a few days before and they weren't sure when it was going to pass over and stuff. And I don't really keep up with the news that much. Um, I'm always out taking photos, but, uh, all of a sudden I started getting all these messages from all the people on Facebook saying, Hey, you know, you need to look at this. You need to, you know, you need to get out there and see this. And so all of a sudden, you know, I seen it in the sky whenever I was driving back from that photo shoot and, um, my man, that's kind of cool. So come back to Surfside get out next thing you know everybody's out in the street looking at it people are pulling off to the side of the road um next thing you know my wife calls me she says hey they just shut down myrtle beach airport Um, talking about maybe shooting this thing down um so here i am in surfside and i'm like man i gotta get out here and get video of this thing being shot down over the beach and i don't know it was just kind of like a rush because as soon as i got out there um I had my buddy from Charlotte calling me saying, hey, I got CNN wanting to call you, trying to figure out if we can get some video. And as I'm trying to get everything set up, I'm on the phone with CNN. And all of a sudden, I just see the rocket come out of the, you know, the missile come out of the plane. And I'm like, man, I'm missing it. You know, like I'm missing the shot. And I got the shot like right as soon as the balloon um, got popped. And so you can so see. Like, as, the as I
1: understand it, let, let me tell you my experience. I was out. And uh, I came through the front door of my house and my wife, Mary said, Bob, there, the, the balloon is over <laughs> Myrtle Beach. And I went, you're kidding me. And I put it on CNN and there you were. And uh, as I understand it, you went to what, the 15th floor of a hotel to get a good shot of it?
6: Yes, sir. Because I, I, I figured if I could get up there, I could get a better vantage point mm-hmm. and I would be able to see it, you know, kind of more of. You know, at a higher level than everybody else down on the beach. I mean, I'm a couple hundred feet higher than everybody else. Got a pretty decent lens, so I'm like, maybe I can really get this thing. And man, I almost got it, but I still got some good footage of it. And just seeing it visually, I I mean, I I saw your footage.
1: Yeah, I saw your footage. It was very good. Here's what I'm wondering: Why did they call you? You're a photographer, which is which is uh, you know a skill and an art. But why why did Jim Acosta on CNN? go to Travis Huffstetler and not some local
6: reporter. I have No idea, man. <laughs> My buddy from Media Zeus back in Rock Hill, um, uh, Brian White, he has Media Zeus and he does a lot of video for businesses and stuff. He's done stuff all uh, over the country. And uh, uh-huh. he's the one that got me into video. He's one of the reasons why I ended up moving down here. And uh, he's the one that gave me a call. He's like, hey, I got somebody reaching out. You know, they're going to be calling. Um, and then the next thing, you know, I mean, I'm on CNN, I'm on BBC, I'm on PBS and, um, I got, (laughs) you know, on Reuters or Reuters. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Um, Reuters. Yeah.
1: You know, you know what, this is just an aside, but you know, if I'm a, if I'm a TV reporter in Myrtle beach, South Carolina, this is the scoop of my entire career and nobody is there. There's not one reporter that CNN could have gone to because none of them showed up except for Travis Huffstetler. And good for you.
6: Man, it's been like crazy, man. It's been like a, a wild ride. So I moved down here about two years ago. Um, yeah. Well, 2020, um, August of 2020, and really just started my whole life over and um was just, like, bound that I was going to be a photographer and I wanted to be a nature wildlife, you know, catch things that are happening, you know, the odd things. Yeah. The,
1: Travis, could yes. people on the beach see the balloon being shot down? Did you hear cheers or anything like that?
6: Well, I was so high up and my mind was going crazy because, you know, I had more wind up there and I'm on yeah. the phone and people on the balcony, you know, coming out of their rooms, are like, you're on CNN, you're on... Um, <laughs> but the beaches was packed the beaches was packed um it looked like a normal day at the beach far as like the beach accesses yeah um now actually on the beach itself i didn't pay attention to the beach part itself but if you all that beach accesses were packed and that's why i chose to go where i did because i was like man this place is packed that place is packed people standing everywhere everybody's got their phones up everybody's watching Um, I heard that some of the debris came down up in North Myrtle beach, North Myrtle beach. Um, like some ladies were reporting that they had like a film over their car and stuff. Um, like some weird, like, I don't know. It was, it was just wild. Like what's in that thing. You know what I mean? Like, how did you, uh, did you get
1: up on the roof of the hotel? Because you weren't staying there.
6: No, I just went up to the 15th floor. Um, yeah. Because I knew that I could get a a vantage point just from the outside, you know, um, on the balcony. Yeah, yeah. And because I knew that it would be able to look out over the ocean that way. And I was trying to get up and over beside it so that I could get a shot of like the actual plane. Yeah. You know,
2: I want everyone to um, follow Travis's photography account on Instagram, Travis Huffstetler Photography, two F's, one T, Huffstetler Photography you know, this is the kind of thing that can launch a career, right? I mean, That's here right. you are. That was so you're, you're the hope.
6: Yeah. You know, I moved down here and I was like, it's only going to take one person to see me. It's only going to take, you know, like I sell prints. You know, the whole goal was to become a landscape photographer, sell prints, be found by businesses, hotels, hospitals, you know, people who want to hang like big art and, you know, beautiful, uh, you know, sunrises and sunsets. And I was like, man, I don't know. You know, it's been it's been a struggle. Don't get me wrong, but um, I just knew if I, mean, I keep showing is, up,
2: your work yeah. is gorgeous. One of my favorites is a photo of a fox on the beach on kind of a misty day in Surfside, and I mean your work is beautiful. But yeah, everybody needs that lucky break, that right place, right time moment. And you could not have picked a wilder place to be in at the right, at at the right time, you know?
6: Yeah. Yeah, that's where, and that's been my biggest problem with like the the sales and stuff was just trying to figure out how to get everything put together website. You know, I don't have all that technical background. I know how to shoot the photos. I know how to, to do my craft, but I really need to find the people that can help me pull this together and you know, we can do stuff all over the world. You know, well, I
1: have the same problem, and I, f- I find that if you find a woman who, who's got kind of a wise mouth, uh, uh, she will help you get through a lot of that stuff. So and that's what skills. you need to look, yeah. look for.
2: Yeah, yeah. Travis, right. Bob, I was um I was home watching the coverage and on my phone, and Bob called me, and he's like, "Do you have CNN on?" There's some guy named Travis Hufstedler who's got the scoop of the year. All these reporters missed it. And Travis is in Myrtle Beach. That's being right. Interviewed, and we That's were like, right. way to represent Rock Hill. <laughs> yes.
6: I guess Charlotte Rock Hill. That's there,
1: Travis, thank yeah. you so much. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope this. And Sherry and Max and Doc and I all hope that uh, your career goes through the roof. Uh, Just before we let you go, just before you came on, you said you used to be one of our listeners when you were living in Rock Hill?
6: Yes, sir. Absolutely. (laughs) I used to listen to you on 107.9. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We don't talk about that one anymore.
2: (laughs) Yeah. We had to shoot that 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 one out 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 of the the sky ourselves a few (laughs) years ago. Um, (laughs) But. But I want everybody, Doc, let's make sure that um, every that we post um, a link to Travis's Instagram up on our Facebook so that everybody can follow you oh, and look at your beautiful and work. And
6: Facebook, yes. And Facebook, so Facebook? yes. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram, I don't know. Instagram doesn't have the hits like Facebook. Like my biggest following on Facebook. That's where I reach the most amount of people. I do the live right. every morning for sunrise. Well, not every single morning there. I do miss some mornings. But I try to do the live in the morning um, just to bring – positivity and hope to people you know just like hey open the door for somebody you know yeah. give somebody a hug smile for somebody you know just do something small for somebody you know and not only is it going to help their day but it's going to help your day and that's the importance of this all like i take beautiful photos i love what i do you know but it's really about loving each other and caring about each other and just taking care of each other and the little things are important you know whose life no, no did you save to- You're
1: representing the Carolinas in a uh, mighty way.
2: One last thing. When I watched your interview at the BBC, I was on the floor way too. Way to that is an intimidating room. Way to handle that. You did a great job.
6: You I had me. no idea what I was going into. I just knew I was on the beach <laughs> and I was trying to answer questions. I couldn't see the screen. All I could see was me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Travis Hopsteller. Maybe, maybe, who knows? Travis Hopsteller coming live to you here from Myrtle Beach, you know, showing you the next <laughs> crazy <laughs> <laughs> thing so. never know.
1: Thanks a lot, Travis.
3: Yeah, thank you very much. Up. Leave us a talk back. talk back with the Free Bob and Sherry app. We've
2: got more of our conversation with photographer Travis Huffstetler who recorded the military shooting down the Chinese spy balloon. We're going to add it on as a bonus feature in today's podcast. Our listener Barbara Hines Matthew sent us this. It's Southerners reacting to the Chinese spy balloon.
4: I feel like I'm tracking a dead gum hurricane. Are you sure this ain't a gender reveal? This, this looks like something your sister would cook up. I mean, give this to me in some terms I understand. Like, are we under a balloon watch or a balloon warning? Whoa, well, hey, y'all put those down. Okay, we can't all go shooting at it. We're gonna have to take turns. That way we know which one of us hit it. You think they moved Dolly to a secure location? You see, the trick is to never let go of the string. If we knock it down, do you think that they want it back? Or can we just put it up on Facebook Marketplace? Watch, that thing's gonna come down and land on somebody's car and make them wreck. I can hear the TV commercials now. Have you or a loved one been injured in a spy balloon accident? I will say that it takes some guts to come down here, especially this time of year because we're about two days overdue for our weekly tornado warning. You think they're spying on us right now? Honey, you may want to put a bra on. How'd this thing go over Montana and not get shot down? They wouldn't even have to use guns. They could just get Beth Dutton to walk out there and take one look at it. And it skedaddled right across the ocean. You think they're going to close the Walmart down for this? Because I got a a grocery pickup scheduled for 3.30 and I got to get hamburger meat. What do you think it came this way for? You think they're trying to get some aerial photos of... You know, like our real important stuff. Yeah, I'm talking about the new Buckies they're putting over there on the interstate. And why wouldn't China want one? Everybody wants a Buckies. I heard that it was actually a UFO, and this was the only way they could get us not to panic. I heard that from a very reliable source this morning down at the gas station. I heard that this is how Dollar General finds places to put new stores. Oh yeah, I see it all right. And what's it gonna do to me? It's like 10 miles up in the air. (sighs) Okay, yes, mama, I'll be careful. Man, look at all the planes and helicopters following that thing. You know what this reminds me of? Smokey and the Bandit. Yep, (laughs) but instead of hauling beer, they're uh, stealing state secrets. You know what, they picked a good time of year to come fly over here, because it is way too cold for us to be outside. Because if this was July, I guarantee you that thing would be in the middle of a fish fry right now, because somebody around here has got a recipe for balloon. I think you could call a balloon. Nah, that didn't do it. I mean, they said it's just a weather balloon, but, I mean, can you really trust the government? I mean, who knows what China is trying to send us. If you'll excuse me, I've got to use these binoculars, which were ironically made in China.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Check out today's uh, podcast for more with Travis Hupstetler. Definitely right place, right time coming up. your pet says I love you. It's Bob and Sherry.
3: Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at
2: BobandSherry.com. It's talkback time. You can call us on the phone at 844-52-Sherry. That's 844-52-S-H-E-R-I. Or you can download our app in Google Play and the Apple Store. It's free. And the app does a lot of things. Like you can listen to the show via the app. You can listen to all of our podcasts via the app. And there's a little microphone in the bottom center of the screen. If you tap it and talk, the app will send your message right to us.
5: Hi, Bob and Sherry. I just listened to the Monday's piece about fortune cookies, and it reminded me of a funny story from growing up. There used to be a Chinese buffet that we would go to a lot, and we had planned to go there one night as a family. And as we were wrapping up dinner and getting our fortune cookies, they all said things like... Your dad's amazing. Your husband's the best. You should do everything your dad says. And we're like, what is this? And it <laughs> turns out, and this is so my dad, he, because we knew we were going there, wrote his own fortunes, like, on, on the computer, printed them, and then before the bill came, took four fortune cookies, like, in their wrappers, went to the bathroom, took them out, put, took out the ones with tweezers, and put his own in there and then gave them to us. <laughs> um which is such a random
2: thing to do, but it was really funny and a fun memory. So thought I'd share it. Bye. What a, guy. a dad thing. I love oh, it. That <laughs> that is what is a guy.
5: Wonderful.
1: That is so funny. You talk about a guy who can really focus that takes focus, the planning, the pulling it off in the
0: men's room. That's amazing. So I have another we, uh, talk back here. Uh, yeah. Wait, I'll just let you listen to it.
3: Sherry, Sherry, Sherry. I don't even know what to say, because you just implied that Sir Topham Hat is sitting back counting his profits when he was such a good friend to Thomas and Percy and all the other engines on the Isle of Sodor. I understand that maybe you were thinking of Mr. Monopoly. Uh, They both wear top hats or maybe Mr. Peanut. But please don't uh, disparage Sir Topham Hat. Uh, love you guys. Thanks. Bye.
1: I'm so well, sorry. Well, uh, this, is, this, is, this is my fault because just for giggles several years ago, we were, for some reason, we were talking about Thomas the Tank. And I said, you know what? So top of the hat, I don't like his attitude. He's arrogant. And people would laugh about that. I didn't know what I was talking about. I sat down and watched approximately 19 hours of Thomas the Tank <laughs> with Christian, who that's the only thing his parents, my grandson, will allow him to watch on a screen, is uh, Thomas the Tank. And uh, I was waiting for uh, Sir Topham Hatt. And he's, he's not, you know, in every single episode very much. But he started showing up after about, I don't know, nine or ten of these things. And I'm telling you that um, he is arrogant. Sir Topham Hatt, <laughs> he, he is arrogant.
2: Oh, you're gonna get it now.
1: He he comes on. He goes down by the tracks, and you know, one of the storylines was Sir Topham Hatt was very concerned that Thomas was not delivering his payload on time. And and here comes you know Sir Topham Hatt, ready to kick you know Thomas's butt. So uh, i you know I guess you could say maybe we need to have a steady hand in the business area of Thomas the Tank on the aisle, but, uh, nonetheless, he seems like he could be a little bit friendlier.
2: Hey, listen, I just apologized for slandering Sir Topham hat and Bob, what did he do? He went all in. He went all in on yep. the Sir Topham hat yeah, attack. I am. It's all you, Bob. Yeah. She stands alone well, on this one.
1: You know, it, 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 could be my arrogance toward management in general, just based on the last few years, uh, prior to our making a change. But uh no. Sir Topham Hat uh, he needs to change his attitude. It's not uh, you know what you've it's, been consistent it's not on nineteen seventy anymore.
0: You've been consistent on this point. You've you've been Thank unwavering you. about how you felt right. about Sir Topham Hat.
1: Why did you say that? Because I'm not consistent on much of anything? I mean was, no, no, was no, no. that I the, just was, uh, I was the pointing it out there. as a positive. Oh really okay all right. it's Thank interesting all though that, that a... you
2: immediately took that as an attack. What does that say about your own belief in your own consistency <laughs> Are you thinking about is that the now? session I, I guess the session <laughs> is almost
1: over now isn't it? Thank you for uh, seeing
2: me Interesting. Alright, well we I apologize. Bob Bob's coming for you, Sir Topham Hat. I apologize for confusing you with the greedy Power Uber the capitalist people. that is the monopoly banker.
1: <laughs> Power to the to the trains that have faces.
2: Hey, guess what I have coming up? Oh so fun. It's love month, right? All the ways your pet shows you that they love you. You might be no. missing some pretty obvious
0: cues. Hey Sherry, is one of them peeing on the floor just cuz? As a matter of fact, yeah. I'm just wondering because that's a lot of love I'm getting
1: these days. I'll tell you what, aren't you lucky?
3: It's Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app.
2: If you know a family that is really, really in the struggle because grocery prices are so high, no child in America should ever go to bed hungry. And if you know a family that could use a little bit of help fill in the fridge... Hop on over to BobandSherry.com, B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com, and nominate that family. We're going to keep everything private and confidential, no no names on blast, but we'd like to send that family a gift card from our friends at HelloFresh and a $100 Visa gift card on top of that to help take a bite out of the grocery bill. So nominate that family right now, and let's help them fill their fridge at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com.
1: Savannah Crisley is the daughter of the Crisleys, who are now in jail. Uh, uh, the father is in jail for something like sixteen years, I think it is, and the mother got seven years. So, um, yeah, Todd, he's fifty-three years old. Twelve? I'm sorry, he got twelve years in prison in sixteen months, and then Julie got. Uh, she's fifty years old. Got seven years in prison, and their daughter is twenty-five. Savannah Crisley, and she has um, a podcast called Unlocked with Savannah Crisley. And she is talking about raising her brother, Grayson, who is 16, and niece, Chloe, who is 10, as uh, their parents served the prison sentences for bank fraud and tax evasion. She said that it, it's so weird. I mean, the idea that your parents are both in jail. And you are raising your siblings. Uh, it's just, I don't know if I've ever heard of a situation like that. She said, it's the toughest week of my life. It's been hard. It's been hard to understand the process and also help two kids process what's going on in our life. She said that uh, Grayson had a breakdown the night before the parents went into prison. She felt defeated while getting Chloe ready for a prison visit, after having a tough day, I don't feel adequate enough for this job," said Savannah. "I am not my mother, which I wish I was, because she is the kindest, most loving, most amazing human being." Blah blah blah. She uh, read the reply out loud from her father. She she told her father she was having a crappy day. I tell you what, if you're if you're uh, writing to your parents and they're in prison and you say you have a crappy day. Um, I don't know if that's helping them anymore. But uh, anyway, he replied by saying, I want you to give yourself some grace. Fall in love with the real Savannah, the one that I raised that radiates a room with her kindness. No one, uh, not the one the world wants to see. And then he said, remember, to gain the world and lose your soul, then what do you have? Ouch. Does Ooh. does that ring a little hollow? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I would say coming. I'm Todd. It's a little too soon for that coming from you. Yeah,
1: I think so. I mean, of too. course.
2: How do you not feel for Savannah Crisley? How do you not feel for all those kids?
1: Yeah, I, that's what I mean. It must be. It must be just so weird to be uh, two of the younger ones, and you're alone in the house, and here comes your sister, or I, I guess uh, she would. I don't know. What's the deal with the? Um, did they adopt? I think there was an adoption somewhere in there, yeah. There was an adoption? Okay. Um, And and here comes your sister through the door, and all the questions that you have are going to be directed to basically your sister, who you still can kind of remember as a uh, goofy teenager, you know, just a few years ago. You're in the same house with her. What a situation. It's not like the parents are going to be in jail, you know, for uh, six months, eight months. Like uh, Lori Laughlin. Twelve is, years is a, yeah, is a long time. Seven years is a long time. These sentences were really Sur- surprising, really, I think. I know. I thought so, well, too.
2: It speaks to the magnitude of fraud and deception.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And racketeering. I mean, you know, they yeah. they had their hands in the cookie jar. They It was pretty egregious
1: they had both hands and their feet in the cookie jar yeah in and, and the, well, the law in gross. todd's
2: case he had a few other things in the <laughs> cookie jar as well so.
1: <laughs> and it and it's not like the law can say uh oh, okay they should get 12 years you should get seven years hey. you know but they have kids so let's let's give them 12 months don't you, you,
0: know, don't you, you think do you're that? begging trouble to name your show chrisley knows best sure are in that case yeah sure are in that Ooh. case It'll be
1: interesting to see if, if she gets. You think that she's going to get a reality show, raising her uh, siblings? I I'd think watch people it. would watch it. I'd watch yeah. it, maybe. Yeah, and I don't like those shows. It's Bob and Sherry.
2: Can you believe this It's brought to you by State Farm? You read it once. I don't
0: believe that. And then you read it again. I can't
2: believe this. It's Bob and Sherry's. I don't believe this. How
0: can this I cannot believe problem? this. Shit.
2: We celebrate love every February. And we celebrate our animals the other 365 days of the year always. So this is both. This is how your pet shows they love you. And some of these I bet you know. And some of these you might not. Like when your dog gives you those deep puppy eyes, just stares at you, that is, that is love. Now it's also maybe we could go outside and then have some chicken. But it's love. <laughs> yeah. and, and don't discount that because sometimes... You know, like my husband looks at me with those eyes and I know it's love, but it's also, can we go outside and then maybe have some chicken too? It's, it's okay that it's more than one thing. That is right. love. Slow blinks from your cat. That's love. If you have a Guinea pig, when a Guinea pig sings, that's mm-hmm. your Guinea pig loving you. Hmm. They squeak. I and think they this chirp is a small part purr. of the
1: audience we're addressing here right now, but please continue.
2: How about people with birds? When your Mm -hmm. bird shakes their tail feathers, that's a sign that you're that's a that's affection from your bird. Or a really good song has
0: come on.
1: Yeah, when your girlfriend shakes her tail feather, that means she's had uh, maybe one drink too many.
2: Too many. Um, When your cat rubs her chin on you, that's love. Mm -hmm. When your dog brings you their favorite toy, yeah, they want to play. But when they drop the toy at your feet and just look at you. Mm-hmm. They're not just wanting to play. They're going here. This is my favorite thing. And I'm giving it to you as a gift because I love you. Oh, now, think about, sweet, isn't it? wait, nice. does that not just destroy you? Think about yeah. that. the next time mm-hmm. your dog brings their, their toy and drops it at your feet. You're cause how many times have you said, Oh buddy, not right now. I'm, I'm right in the mm-hmm. middle of something or give mm-hmm. me a minute. I'll throw it for you. Or you throw it once or twice half heartedly. What when happens when the
1: dog is, throws up at your feet? What does that mean? Do we'll get to that, that in there. Oh, okay. We'll
2: get to that. But the mm-hmm. idea that your dog is like, this is my favorite thing and I want you to have it mm-hmm. because I love you. I, I may not be able to work for the rest of the day. Just thinking about that. If your cat sleeps on your head, mm-hmm. that's love. So um, i read, i read the other day that when a cat sleeps up by your face, it's because they think you're their mommy. And when the cat mm-hmm. sleeps at your feet, they think you're their kitten. This Kiki doesn't mm. sleep with you. You wouldn't tolerate that, would you?
1: You know, I'll take a nap, and she will jump up on the bed, and she'll um, she'll not be on my head, but she'll she'll be like three or four feet away from me, and she's just very quietly goes to sleep there. See, I have a problem with that. That's fine.
2: That's her feeling like you know you're her daddy. I do. I don't see you're her animal. Daddy.
1: I don't see animal hair or evidently animal dirt from their paws or whatever on beds. If there is one speck on our, our bed, Mary goes out of her mind. This is not right. Animals don't belong on, on the top of beds. And I just, I, I've given up arguing with her. I just say, yes, they do. Yes, they do. Finn belongs on the on the bed here. So now we, we, we have this deal where we have this comforter and, of course, the 19 pillows and uh, two uh, kind of old, throws on top of everything. So the dog can be on the bed.
2: It's, it's Kevin's so- like that. Kevin's like that, which I find remarkable since I'm not sure he knows that sheets come off beds and can be washed. I've never, <laughs> I've never actually seen him do it. Like I do that because I'm, you know, like,
1: yeah, I, I, fussy, fussy. I mean, listen, yeah.
2: I'm fussy that way, but listen to what Sam does. Sam will jump up on the bed and make a nest of Kevin's pillows and and lick kevin's pillows and kevin's all like i don't want the dog look at my pillows and i'm all like do i look like the dog's management like tell the dog it's not I my know, job i know i got I know. nothing for you and then when he really gets salty about it i'm like that dog belonged to your mother who's in heaven i want you to think about your attitude right now mister i want oh, you to think about that is your mama's hard. dog
1: that is so hard wow you know what i read about uh, animals uh, dogs specifically If you can get their attention where they're looking directly at you and you're looking directly into their eyes and you can hold that stare for a couple of seconds, and it's hard with dogs, um, and you say, I love you, as you're staring deeply into their eyes, they actually process that. They somehow know through the tone of your voice or whatever that you're saying that you love them, so... I started they doing do that. Know. I started doing that. Like I'm sitting on the uh, on the floor, you know, petting uh, Finn because, of course, he's not allowed on the fancy um, blue couch, which he should be, and sometimes does get on the blue couch with a blanket on it when my wife is out of town. But that's another story. So I'm looking at him, and I now I've got his eyes, and I say, "I love you." And Mary looks down and goes, "You are, you are just insane." That's a dog. You are insane.
5: And I ignore her.
2: Um, they do know. They do know. We know now how intelligent they are. He does know that you love him. And also he knows when she's not around and then he gets on the bed because they're smart. You know, I'm way. making
1: it sound like she's terrible to him. She's so good to him. She's so good to both those animals. It's just that I am insane. I, I'm the one that's over the top. We make sure oh, both animals in tonight. Let's double check it. Okay. They're both in tonight. Let me, I have to see where are they? Blah, blah, blah. I'm, it's a sickness.
2: It is a sickness. You make yourself responsible for everything. And that's crazy. Yeah, I know. There's a name. There's a name for that, but we're out of time for this session. I want co- to, I want to
1: come back as an irresponsible guy, you know, with a name like Buster or something like that. No, that Jared. Must, that must be free.
2: Jared or Josh. You want to be, you want to be like... A devil may care kind of bro.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah is, that, is, that, is that the devil may care name now, Jared? I don't think so.
2: Well, when was the last time you met somebody named Buster that wasn't like Buster Murdoch? I mean, Buster is not really. No, you want to be like a Josh. You want to be like a bro. You want to be okay. like the life of every party. By the way, if you have a horse, they're so intelligent. And the horse is like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, um, the horse kind the of to sounds to what a horse like, the, the, the like Dracula. I, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to post this on Facebook because <laughs> there's a bunch of other animals on here in the way Mwah. that they love you. It's Bob and Sherry.
3: Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to BobandSherry.com.
1: From Entrepreneur Magazine, five daily habits self-made millionaires use To grow their wealth. These are self-made millionaires. Five daily habits. So let's very quickly do it. Now, the first one, it starts with mindset. Uh, Nobody's going to do that, so let's just throw that out. Uh, Except that Rome wasn't built in the day. Uh, Yeah, fine. Investigate like it's your job. I'm probably not going to do that. And it's not like what you see on TV. All right, let's focus on number three. Looks don't matter as much as you think. In The Millionaire Next Door, the authors explain that most self-made millionaires drive used cars, live in average neighborhoods, wear average price clothing and watches, and are very careful with their money. In addition, only a few of them spend money on things like boats, recreational vehicles, second homes, personal airplanes, well, who's buying that, or expensive vacations. Being rich has a specific look and feel. Wealth has no obvious aesthetic what that means is if you see somebody walking around with what looks to be a thirty thousand dollar rolex on his or her wrist they may not have a cent in the bank so if you're starting from nothing what you have to do is control your money and at an early age if possible start saving and start investing that's all I can take away from this thing and I think it's the most important thing right now and I'm directing this to uh, to people who are millennials and Gen Zers start early and if you can take the take the cheaper vacation and don't no. you don't have to have the most expensive car with your group of friends would you agree to Wait,
2: that? Where are you coming around here with this common sense next you'll be talking about <laughs> you know <laughs> flossing and having enough life insurance
1: yeah. Yeah, Nobody well,
2: wants to hear a bit of that. Yeah, yeah.
1: If you can yeah. do it. And, and, and that book, The Millionaire Next Door, I've never read it, but it's been around a long time. There must be something to it. It's Bob and Sherry.
0: And now on the Bob and Sherry Show, it's another exciting episode of Things Bob Didn't Know.
1: I got this out of a London newspaper. I had no idea this actually existed. If you go back in history to the mid-1950s, the Cold War was going on, and we were afraid that Russia, then the Soviet Union, they just got the nuclear uh, weapon, and we were afraid they were going to nuke us. And, of course, students famously and were trained in public schools in America to duck underneath their desks and cover their head as if that would do anything. There is, here's what I've just learned, an eerie underground city. Built to survive a nuclear apocalypse, and it's still there deep below the British countryside. It is a winding maze of passages that look like little roads, big enough to house 4,000 people for three months. It would have enough electricity to power for 12 to 18 weeks The bunker also has a communal washroom. All of these things still exist. No one's there. It was shut down 20 years ago but it's still there a communal washroom for those who would be living there. It had a bunker telephone, uh, telephone switchboard like something out of the 1940s for about 30 operators. It had small, tiny cars that look like almost like uh, rudimentary golf carts that people would drive through these, uh, through these secret tunnels. And, uh, It also had 12 fuel tanks for generators, an underground lake for drinking water, and uh, the list goes on and on. It was thought if a bomb was dropped, it would have killed 1.7 million people, and millions will be injured. This would keep whoever the people that got in there, the 4,000, it would keep them safe. And who were those people? Take a guess. High government officials, Mm -hmm. people to support high government officials, and the royal family. It's still there. It's still uh, usable, actually, but um, it is not used. It has been shut down, and it's eerie. And when you walk through some of these tunnels, you'll find all of a sudden a living area for someone. And on the wall, obviously, this was a guy, were pictures of the queen and 1950s female movie stars and it was all left just the way it was i would love to tour that wouldn't you
2: you know what this makes you think of don't we have something kind of similar underneath the Greenbrier hotel
1: in west virginia
2: we don't have a city like we don't have an underground city
1: like this no but there was a place for government officials to to uh, retreat to to Make sure the guy, and you know, in, in their defense, they're running the, the country.
2: This is the sort of thing that would be my idea of a dream vacation. Just being honest.
1: It would be. I thought of you as soon as I saw this.
2: I would, like, if you said, you can, girl, you can have you a week in Paris, or hear me out, you can go explore the underground nuclear city. It's not even a contest for me.
1: And it's not in London. It's outside of London, underground, uh, in the countryside there, which uh, I guess does it makes sense because, you know, they'd have much more room to plow through. But, yeah, it's still there. It's still there. I just love the idea of it. It's Bob and Sherry.
3: Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour. Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Live. Live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I read such a upsetting thing
2: about Instacart um about something people do called tip baiting with their Instacart drivers so what they do is when you go on if you've never used Instacart to get groceries or prescriptions or whatever delivered um it's it's a lot like any other delivery service except you can pull up like a participating supermarket and you can fill out your grocery order and then an Instacart shopper will go pull those items for you. They'll reach out to you if something's not in stock, about a replacement. I mean, it's a pretty high-level service. And I've seen people who were homebound for all kinds of reasons. Yeah, COVID is where it got its big start. But um, I have a family member that, because of um, chemotherapy, had some real immune system issues and couldn't even catch the risk the flu or a cold. And so relied on Instacart a bunch last year. And you, mm-hmm. you go in, you make your order, and then you choose your tip for your driver. You can go anywhere from 10% all the way up to a custom tip. So what people do is they they put in like a really high tip. And then the driver goes, the Instacart shopper goes, gets all of your groceries, bags them up, delivers them to your door in the manner that you've chosen, like either leave it here or ring the bell or whatever, Mm-hmm. And in the in the time it takes for the shopper to finish loading your groceries or medicine or whatever into their car, some customers go in and they dump the tip. So, the driver basically just Ugh. worked for free for you.
1: Oh, I, that is the worst. Why do you do something like that to a fellow American who's obviously not rich?
2: Good gosh. When… Um, if you remember last year when my husband was so sick with COVID, I, I, we were all locked down. He was deathly sick. Karamia and I were quarantining in the basement. I mean, we were, we were locked down and, and we needed some stuff. And we looked at each other and I said, I don't, I don't want to give whatever this house has to anybody else. So we did an Instacart. And I, I felt like the queen of freaking Sheba that another human being was buying my groceries and delivering them to me. So my, I've never done it. Can I ask job. you
1: a couple of questions about mm-hmm. it? Uh, I, I've heard of it, but I've never done it. Um, so they literally, from their car, go in with your list, pull the items from whatever the supermarket is, mm-hmm. and and then uh, pay for it and uh, you reimburse. So it's not like it's going no, – No, 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 not exactly. Going...
2: Not exactly. Um, you download the Instacart app. You make your grocery list. You set your tip amount. You—it's on your credit card or debit card. They mm-hmm. don't pay for it and get reimbursed. The app pays for it. Um, so okay. they're not coming but, out of but pocket. they for go the groceries. in.
1: They—they—they they, they go in. It's not the grocery store that's pulling it, and they're just picking no. it up. They're actually uh-uh. going in and pulling it off of the shelf.
2: They're shopping it because I remember the yeah. the day we Instacart it when Kevin was so sick. Like, there are certain uh-huh. things that he likes that are worse for him than COVID. But, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to get him these foods and drinks because he likes them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Instacart shopper in real time is like, they don't have Seagram's ginger ale. Is Canada Dry okay? Right? That kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the bag of apples you picked out is sold out. How about these apples? Like, they, they shop it item by item, loading mm-hmm. up their cart with your list standing in line to get it checked out putting it in their car driving it to your house and unloading it for you the idea that is um first of all that's such a luxury and you can think of a million reasons like imagine that you had imagine you have an older relative who lives alone and doesn't drive or doesn't feel comfortable driving anymore like boom right. InstaCart to the rescue it's a great service i know there are a lot of people going oh lazy bums there are plenty of really outstanding reasons why somebody might need a little bit of help here, but to tip bait, to to pay a, to to say to a person, "Hey, I appreciate your time and effort on my behalf, and I'm going to compensate you for that," and then to yank the tip back. After is there a the charge
1: work. for the service, and then the tip is on top of that? I presume.
2: Yeah, I mean you you pay a subscription fee to be an Instacart member. Oh yeah, and I I really. I don't know um, what the markup is like for Publix or whatever to have their grocery store there. I don't. I don't. I'm sure that this is capitalism. Everybody's got their hand out to get paid. The my issue is if if you're doing that, somebody's trying to feed their family like that. I totally You know totally that's agree. their time. Gas yeah. is expensive. Yeah. They worked. They worked hard to get your groceries like what are you doing being such a part of tool? this country
1: is being run by tips and people need to realize that part of this country's economy is being run by tips on a day-by-day basis so it's an important thing for a lot of people i'm glad you brought ah. it up
2: don't do that don't no, do that don't and do by that. the way i agree like you know I'm at, I'm at the gynecologist getting a pap smear and there's a tip jar i agree we shouldn't have to tip for everything i agree with you <laughs> hey doc Hey, Doc, thanks for warming the speculum up. Here's a little something for you. I mean, I agree with you, but tip-baiting your delivery driver, that's just a suck move. It's Bob and Sherry. The Bob and Sherry Vault is brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts, your professional parts people. Now, let's
0: open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault.
2: I had a man dressed up as a chicken give me his phone number last night. And I was like, wow. I don't even
1: want to ask where you were.
2: I was like, wow. The first man in like a decade to hit on me has this a, a beak chick, a chick, and some feathers. Was
1: this a Chick-fil-A place?
2: No. It
1: wasn't? What's the...
2: I was in my car. Well, you don't,
1: you're acting surprised. I don't come across the men dressed in chicken suits on a regular basis.
2: You know, I always like, it's a running joke that um, if there's a really decent, like nice, attractive man on earth, I'm invisible. I'm wearing the cloak of invisibility. But if there's a man dressed up as a chicken, he'll run through traffic to get to me. I was in my car listening to music, and suddenly there's a man dressed as a chicken waving his hand outside my window. And I rolled the window down. He said, I'm Italian. You are so beautiful. Bella, bella. Give me his phone number. And I'm like, what the?
1: You waited till this late in the show to bring up a story about being hit on by an Italian chicken?
2: Well, I'm embarrassed. What was he
1: doing? Was he in front of a restaurant bringing people in?
2: He's employed. Yeah, he he has a job. You're right. What's wrong with me? I'm so judgmental. Yeah, he must be working for a restaurant. I was.
1: (laughs) I'm part of the food industry.
2: I was not paying. I was in traffic. I was listening to music. I was totally in my own little bubble. And the next thing I know, literally, there's a giant chicken waving his hand outside my window. So I hit the button. and and I expected him to, to ask me if I wanted to buy something. I, I'm Italian. You are so beautiful. Bella, Bella. And he thrust this piece of paper at me.
1: And you didn't think to look around and see if there was.
2: The light turned green. It was at the end of the day. I hadn't really. I was was it a nice chicken outfit? You know. Or was it kind of ratty? Um, It was nice. Yeah. It was a nice chicken outfit. It
1: had to be Chick-fil-A.
2: It wasn't Chick-fil-A. It's some other chicken restaurant, I'm sure. I mean, otherwise, why is he in a chicken suit? But I said, th- you know, I was so, again, I'm so polite. I really am a very polite person. I, I took the piece of paper. He's
1: not a part of Neighborhood Watch.
2: And said, thank you. Bella. Yeah. No, you called me. So ch- he
1: gave he gave you his phone number?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: This is what you have to do to meet women these days. <laughs>
2: And then, and I promise you, so I
1: because they're freaked out if you approach, you know, they're kind of freaked out, but you have a chicken suit on, you know, you're oh,
2: and you and an accent, yeah, chicken suit and an accent, you're in, right? So, um, you know, like by six o'clock at night, most days, I'm pretty spacey if I haven't taken a nap. I was mm -hmm. very spacey yesterday because I just was, so I get where I'm going, and about 20 minutes later, I have the delayed reaction to this. To the chicken. Like t- and When it first happened, I was like, oh, here's an Italian man in a chicken suit giving me his phone number. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like 20 minutes later, I'm going, wait a minute. That was an Italian
1: man in a chicken an suit. An
2: Italian man in a chicken suit just gave me his phone number. It was you so You need to
1: go funny. back and see what that restaurant was.
2: I guess. I mean, you know, with my luck, he he. I wasn't even special to him. He did that to everyone.
1: No, but you have the hair now. You know, you do have the to hair. attract men
2: who dress as chickens.
1: No, but I mean, um, you have long brown hair, and it could be—I mean, it, it's a—it's ta- very European looking. Is what I it have is. long
2: brown curly hair.
1: It's that, European looking, and
2: that signals my availability well, to I, men who dress as I'll poultry. Be,
1: listen, you can't—you can't deny it. No, I'm referring to the Italian part of it. Oh, oh. Not the chicken part of it.
2: Oh, that's why he said to me, I'm Italian. You're right. so beautiful, Bella.
1: Right. You have a little bit of an Italian look to you, obviously.
2: Here's what's so sad. And you can relate to this. No other friend that I have can relate to this so much. There was a part of me that was like, the chicken. <laughs> oh, the chicken finds me attractive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I, I had a chicken. I
2: owe the chicken attracted
1: to me today.
2: I owe this chicken now for finding me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, I'm never gonna date again eat, because it. Eat would more be chicken. <laughs> oh, if he would have said that, that would. I am Italian. bella bella eat more chicken. <laughs> but yeah, there was that little codependent voice that said, "Well, mm-hmm. Sherry, the chicken did find you attractive." Yeah, that's you. right. You owe the chicken now. Yeah, You, you should to... reciprocate yeah, to the right. chicken in some fashion. It was very surreal. I, I
1: would have to turn around and find out, you know.
2: Investigate?
1: Yeah, what he was doing there. You don't see that every day.
2: I, I, it's funny because I got up this morning. And I was getting ready for work and I'm watching uh, one of the cable news channels like I always do while I'm getting dressed. And all of a sudden I thought about the chicken guy and started <laughs> laughing again. Like, wow. It had never occurred to me to be... Approached by a man dressed as a chicken.
1: You didn't know you had a lot in common, like Phyllis. The same thing happened to her daughter. Um,
2: he's a player, this chicken.
1: Yeah, Phyllis. He's was it the a chicken? Cock
2: of the walk, as it
1: were. Yeah, right. By Phyllis. That's right. Was it a chicken?
2: It was. It was a man dressed up in a chicken suit.
1: And he approached your daughter. How old is your daughter?
2: Um,
3: I'd rather not say. She's in her thirties.
2: Okay. And what did he say to her? Was it the same mo?
3: Yes. Yes. Same thing. And uh, she had a little Yorkie poo in the car, and the dog was just having a heart attack because he was scared of the man in the chicken suit.
1: Was he Italian? Did he have an Italian accent at least?
3: Yeah, I think he said the same thing. You are so beautiful.
1: Oh, you know what? Oh, this diminishes it. You know so what? I to think, just be oh, another
2: hen in this God, guy's coop. That's all it is, isn't it? I feel so sorry for you. I know. I laughed oh. at her so so much when I when she told me a man in a chicken suit approached her. I'm sorry, He's, Sherry. I don't know about your daughter. Does she feel as I do that the world—half I mean, the people on earth are men, and the only ones that hit on her are dressed up as birds? I know. I laughed. I
3: said, "Like you're really
2: gonna, like you're really gonna call him a man with a dressed in a chicken suit." That's how I felt. I felt like with but all Sherry, the really nice guys in the world, who hits on me, one dressed as a chicken.
1: Yeah, and you weren't even special. I—I—I I, I, I I, I don't want to say that, but you know, unless Nothing. it was just Phyllis's daughter and you. But I'm getting feeling. I'm getting the feeling that a lot of women have, a felt, have felt
2: the gentle touch of the feathered yes, hand.
1: Yes, that's right.
2: Have them call in, Sherry, if anybody else got. Hey, has anyone okay. else been hit on by a man dressed as a chicken?
1: The phone's just lit up.
2: Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. The phone's well, just lit up. Well, you know up. what? There was a brief moment there where I felt like. I'm hold on special. Hold on to that, that memory. Special.
1: Yeah, hold on to that memory. Thank you, Phyllis, and, and our You're best welcome. to your daughter. Good luck to her. Yeah, I'm sorry.
2: It's okay. Yeah, that's all right. You know what?
1: Maybe it was just the two of you.
2: Better to be hit on by a man in in feathers and a beak than not at all.
1: Than not at all. That's
3: right. The Fun Size Podcast: A shareable taste of the show at our website or the free free Bob and Cherry app.
2: One of the biggest hurdles in getting human beings to Mars is how long it takes to get human beings to Mars. Like seven months. Seven months of space travel just to get to the red planet. And we now know that human beings don't do well for prolonged periods in space. Our bones weaken, like all sorts of things happen to us. Oh, yeah. So that makes this piece of news very exciting. NASA announced last week that they're testing a nuclear powered rocket that can get an astronaut to Mars in 45 days. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> that's a game I changer. I
1: imagine. I'll say.
2: That's a game changer. sounding
1: though, man. Can
2: you imagine how fast that
1: thing is going and you're in it?
2: Woo! Those first manned flights on a nuclear-powered rocket. Mm. Woo! The amount of courage that it's going to take to be one of those astronauts or test pilots. Mm -hmm. I want you to think about that. Mm -hmm. 45 days to Mars is a whole nother thing than seven months. I'll say. And it's a one-way trip. That's the other thing with sending human beings to Mars. And I read, get ready, Bob. You're not going to like this. Are you ready? Take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. I read that for the first colonists on Mars, they... If they lose one, like if a person dies,
1: yeah. They're
2: probably gonna eat them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, um just going to check off one more career path <laughs>
4: right?
2: well, a
1: variety of reasons. Uh, let's see: don't want to be eaten, don't want to eat <laughs> somebody else. There's no shopping. Restaurants are probably very, very limited. Yeah, not you, for me.
2: You know how, how you've kicked yourself. Being. You know how you've kicked yourself for not becoming, you know, an investment banker, and yeah, punished yeah. yourself for not paying more attention in math. I right. want you to receive this heartfelt congratulations from me for just dropping the ball in middle school because I don't think you'd enjoy a nuclear no. rocket ride to Mars only to be eaten no. by your fellow
1: crew. <laughs> and there's there's always one crew member who's like in charge of the food and say, uh, Sally, uh, what's what's on the uh, menu tonight, Earl? <laughs> no, no, no. Wow, no, That's scary It's just a wow. certain type of person who's willing to do that
2: And we're not those people we It's not those Bob people. and Sherry yeah. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast And the Bob and Sherry Oddcast We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review And share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram Wherever you go And thank you again for listening